Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the final Monday in January of 2023. What? <laughs> Every week so far this year, I've thought, how can we be at the coming to the end of January? But anyway, here we are. Time marches on. Uh, I'm so glad you're here today if you're listening live or if you're listening later. You're in for a big treat because today we have on thriller author Rebecca Kelly, and she has a brand new book out. I can't wait to talk to her about it. But if you haven't read her yet, let me read her bio so you can get to know her. Rebecca Kelly is a fiction writer from Portland, Oregon. Her first novel, Broken Homes and Gardens, was published in 2015. She also co-authored The Economical Baby guide with Joy Hatch. And when Rebecca isn't writing, she's conducting elaborate baking experiments, designing book covers, and keeping up her thousand plus a day streak in Duolingo. What? (laughs) You can find out more at her website. And I put the link to her website right there on Blog Talk so you can click it whether you're listening live or listening later. Um, You can click that link and check out her website and see what else is coming up for her and how to get her books. So without any further delay, Rebecca, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for being here. So you had a book come out on New Year's Day. What a way to kick off 2023. Do you want to tell everybody about No One Knows Us Here? Sure. Um, No One Knows Us Here is, I would classify it more as a domestic suspense and thriller book that takes place in Portland, Oregon. It's about a 23-year-old named Rosemary who is trying to make ends meet. She's living in her ex-boyfriend's closet when her 14-year-old half-sister shows up and she wants to be taken in. And so then Rosemary ends up going to some unusual lengths to try to make that work. And she winds up signing on to be a paid girlfriend for this sort of quirky tech billionaire named Leo Glass. Oh, and I was reading on um, in the blurb and things the he's kind of into controlling things, right? He monitors everything. Yeah, he actually has this technology that makes that um, possible and makes it kind of creepy because it seems like he's always watching her and. Um, yeah, he wants to control everything she does, so it gets more and more, um, I don't know. It gets hard for Rosemary to deal with, but she keeps telling herself, like, I guess this is what I signed up for. This is my job. I agreed that he could do this. So she becomes conflicted and starts driving her a bit nuts. And I was I was curious about the inspiration for the book because when I was reading about your other book, it sounds kind of, you know, like a rom-com. So how did you get inspired to write something, you know, a little scarier and unsettling? (laughs) Every book I've done so far is like going in a totally different direction because I first did the (laughs) baby guide and it's like about cloth diapering and stuff. And then, yeah, Broken Homes and Gardens is more in the contemporary romance genre a bit and then and yeah now domestic suspense so 
the idea I got for this book was many years ago, um, I was writing for Bustle, the online magazine, and I wrote this kind of tongue-in-cheek listicle called These Novels Would Have Been Better with Female Protagonists. And one of the mm-hmm. books on the list was um, Crime and Punishment. And I just started thinking, like, well, what would that be like if, if the main character had been a woman? And um, what drew me to that book and it's just the idea that Raskolnikov was this 23-year-old student. And he he was kind of starving and going a little, um, his, you know, not really in his right mind, but he gets into these intellectual right. discussions with his friend that, like, maybe there could be a situation when murdering someone could be an ethical thing to do, could be the right thing to do because if you murder someone who's a bad person, you're actually making the world a better place. And I just like that idea of someone who gets in that state of mind and started imagining right. what what would a woman in this situation, what would make her make similar decisions? And I started thinking about that way back then, and it kind of stuck with me, and that's what eventually turned into no one knows up here. Oh, I love that. And what what made you finally decide to, you know, put the story in in writing? What made you, you know, take that leap from thinking about it to putting it down on paper? I guess I feel like I started it even back then, but maybe it was like a lot of thinking of it first and coming up with the character before I actually started writing anything. I started writing it so long ago, though. I mean, it's, it's 2023 now, so it seems like so long ago. But then again, it <laughs> seems like just yesterday I thought of this idea and then started writing it. And it took a few, maybe. And then it took so long to get published. Just a really long process. Right. Publishing is very slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My agent so, started shopping it around. It was like 2020. When wow. it's done by then. Yeah. Wow. And so are you planning to write more thrillers or do you want to write more rom-coms or do you like to keep it open? Where, where do you, <laughs> where do you feel like your voice is like, yeah, this is it. I, I think I'll try to stick with this um, genre probably won't try to go in a completely different direction again. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this is good for me because a lot of my earlier works, I mean, most of them aren't published, um, are basically plotless. And, you know, for a long time, it seems like everything I wrote was just sort of trying to do that slice of life kind of thing. Right. And I feel like I never quite (laughs) nailed that genre or, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe non-genre, the literary kind of writing where, you can take a right. single moment. Right. It seems like make a whole I... book out of it. <laughs> right. Whenever I wrote like that, people are like, well, nothing happened in the whole book. And you spent 10 pages having a character, you know, like rearrange the furniture. Maybe that's not the greatest thing. <laughs> Whereas this allows me, this new genre or, you know, domestic suspense allows me to create a plot, which seems to help right. my writing. <laughs> Makes it move. (laughs) Yeah. 
so that kind of dovetails into my next question of like your your writing journey um because you've really kind of evolved it sounds like <laughs> and and did you always picture yourself being a novelist or what was your journey like i always did i always wanted to be a novelist and i always wanted to be a writer even in all those years that I wasn't writing at all. I felt like I was a writer who didn't write <laughs> for so long. <laughs> you know, like I was an English major in college, and I was always a big reader, I mean, as a kid and, well, my whole life. So I, I guess I always thought that that was the goal, like to one day write one of these things that I was so obsessed with. You know, I'd spend so much time mm-hmm. reading. I, like, I want to do that one day. I want to write one of these novels. But it took a long time to get to a place where, you know, I could do that. Right. And did you join a bunch of writers groups? Did you, how did you, you know, keep yourself motivated? Because it is a really long, (laughs) long process. Well, at first I, I didn't write long form. You know, I was trying to write short stories and um, I don't think I was very good at that. Um, and I, I did go to graduate school, and that kind of helped start devoting more time to it and forming that writing community. But what really helped is, gosh, it must be 13 years ago now, almost, I did join a writing group, and we meet every week. We meet every Thursday, and we have, you know, for 13 years. Wow. And that helps, um, like, keep the accountability and, like, you know, bring those right. pages in. That's amazing. 13 years is a long time for a writing group to stay together. Have you all gotten published now? Yeah, a lot of a lot of us have been published. And it's not the same, you know, people. Like we had a rotating cast of characters in our group, <laughs> like trying to keep it, keep it going. You know, people come and go. But the group itself has sort of stayed intact. Like, I've been a member since the beginning. Maybe I'm, like, the only one now who's been there the whole time. <laughs> Other people come and go. <laughs> That's right. You're you're the main cast on ER where they cycle through. Although now, <laughs> yeah. guy, now I'm aging myself because ER hasn't been around in a long time. Does Grey's Anatomy do that, too? They bring in the residents and... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's another show I, I lost. I watched that in the beginning of so long ago now. I know, right? Oh, there's so many shows now, too, now that they're streaming, so it's very hard to keep up. <laughs> yeah. So I I wanted to ask, what's next? Are you already working on your next book? I'm, yeah, working on something kind of like in the early stages. I kind of took, you know, like, for this book, my inspiration is Crime and Punishment, and that worked for me as trying to reimagine it. I mean, I'm, no one knows this here is not like a retelling of Crime and Punishment in any way. Like it really right. veered off from that. But um, I thought, well, maybe I could think of another book like that that I could do a similar treatment to as a jumping off point. And right. so I've been kind of thinking of An American Tragedy by Theodore Dreiser and I was now, how could that work with a female protagonist? That's another story that, like, I was really drawn to 
a, basically an ordinary person who ends up committing a terrible crime. And that's kind of something I'm playing around with now, but it's in the early stages. Oh, I love that. It sounds, I like the idea of, you know, taking something like that and, you know, twisting it up your own, you know, in your own, not really retelling, but, but using that as a launching pad for inspiration, I think is really cool. Yeah, like kind of create some parameters for, you know, like when you think, well, what story could I tell? It could be anything in the world. It kind of narrows it down a bit and gets the creative juices flowing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And when you write, are you a big-time plotter? Do you like to write by the seat of your pants? How? What's your process like? I like to plot everything out, although I don't do a very good job at it. Um, I like to think maybe that I'm going to plot everything out. <laughs> but then, <laughs> and then um, the characters I go, think nah. That, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, probably all writers, even the ones who are really good at plotting things out, do deviate from that initial outline. You know, you have to leave yourself open for, like, things to change a bit or change direction. Right. But I, when I first had a my first draft of the book, it was way longer than it is now. I mean, it was maybe 200 or more pages longer. So I was wow. really messy. Like, so I obviously didn't plan it out super well, you know, cause I had <laughs> all sorts of extra material <laughs> and I had to do they a took lot all of kinds editing. of detours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of repeated scenes. Like, you know, when I was going over like, okay, I need to edit this thing. I was like, Oh, I had her do the same thing basically twice and there's no reason for her to do it again. Like there's a part where um, she's looking at apartments, say, and then I'm like, I'd have her look at a whole bunch of different apartments. Like, okay, we don't need to, it can be a montage. doesn't need to be like fully developed scenes of every apartment. she looks Of at. each apartment. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then it becomes a real estate book. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm really bad at, um, sometimes I get, like, really tied up in logistics. Like, you're like, okay, she needs to walk into the apartment. But then it's like, you're like, okay, uh, what does the door look like? And um, how does she get in the door? Is there, like, a regular doorknob? Or you're like, no, you just need to cut from her outside the apartment. Now she's inside the apartment. Now she's We don't inside. need to show her <laughs> turning the doorknob. <laughs> And in my writing group, we talk about that all the time, like the turning the doorknob moments where you kind of overwrite, over-explain something. Right. <laughs> and I'm the other end of the spectrum. I'm a rushing writer, so I'm, like, rushing to the next scene that I'm super excited about. And so I'll get editor notes that are like, whoa, when did they get in the ER? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the editing when I worked with an editor, there were moments like that where I was like, well, usually I over explain, but sometimes, yeah, it actually made no sense <laughs> just how she would go from point A to point B. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. When a nurse walks in with the clipboard and all of a sudden my editor is like, whoa, when did we get in the ER? I'm like, oh, yeah. where did this nurse come from? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, writing, it's funny because I don't know that readers realize how much an editor can play into making your book readable um, because we know the story in our heads, so we don't always notice that pieces of it aren't on the page. And I remember before I got published, um, one of my author friends who was already multi-published had read something from me and she said, the most important advice I ever received was, Lisa, you can't travel with your book, so you have to put it on the page. I was like, oh my God, that's so genius. She said, you can't jump up from the couch and go, see that part? Yeah, in that part. It's like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. <laughs> Yeah. So I wanted to, I was dying to ask because I have so many friends who do Duolingo and I don't because I'm horrible at languages. So I'm always fascinated by people who are good at it. So which languages are you learning? Oh my gosh. Well, when you were reading that about my bio, I was thinking, I wonder if she's going to ask me more about that because I very recently decided to quit. I got to 1900 <gasps> days. Wow. And um, that's over five years of doing it every day. <laughs> but I finally quit at 1900 because I was getting really annoyed with it. I won't go into it, but I had a reason for <laughs> need to quit this thing. Um, but I did, at first I did French because I never studied that in school. And I was like, I want to learn French. And then I did Italian and then I did Spanish, although I did study Spanish in school, so I could start with a little bit of a head start there. And then I just kept at it every day for more than five years until, I mean, it was only a couple of weeks, but maybe it was even last week. I was like, I'm quitting this. Wow. Wow. You broke up. Days. Yeah. And that was very hard <laughs> to do. I think I got a bit addicted to it. You know, like, obviously, it was just sort of, <laughs> I just couldn't stop. And so I almost, I really had to make myself stop. And the first day wow. of not doing it, I was suffering from withdrawal. Wow. And do you feel like you could have conversations in those languages? You really learned how to speak them? Uh, I don't know about that. Like I did after maybe a year or two, I forget, of um, of doing French. I went to France and... Actually, this was a really long time ago because I remember my daughter was nine and she's 17 now. But um, so I have actually been doing Duolingo longer than five years because <laughs> it's just 1900 days that I had that streak. But anyway, um, I was in France and I went to a pharmacy and I, I wanted to ask her if she had ibuprofen for children mm -hmm. because my daughter needed some. And I figured out how to say that. And then she said, quel age? And I was like, which is what age, like as a child, but I mm -hmm. didn't understand it. Or, you know, like I was, I think I had played it out in my head that she was either going to go, yes, here it is, or no. And so mm -hmm. I wasn't prepared really to have a conversation. <laughs> and so when she said it, I was like, whoa, what? And then she switched to English. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just studied this for two years and I couldn't understand someone saying what age. Which seems like it should be pretty basic. <laughs> well, my son uh, was a singer, and his group went to tour Europe when he was in high school. And 
I had studied French in high school, but not since. And so I tried to study up and get ready. And everywhere we went, I would blurt out two or three words, and then they'd immediately switch to English. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> they said, you have an accent. I said, well, shoot. <laughs> so there was one gas station where I got to complete the entire transaction in French, and it felt like such a victory. But they speak English so well that apparently when they hear our accented French, they just switch. So it's like, dang, I did all that studying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they get a bum rap over easier. there because they were all so nice. Yeah, they they really are. But it's easier to learn. I mean, this is obvious, but if you actually live in the country instead of trying to learn it from Duolingo, like I lived in Vienna for a couple of years, and after only a couple of months, I could kind of carry on a conversation in German. Where wow. obviously after two years of Duolingo, I couldn't even answer one question in French. <laughs> To be fair, though, you weren't expecting that question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why didn't she stick to my script that I had made in my head? Right? (laughs) (laughs) Script lady. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on from Duolingo, you also dabble in book cover design. Did you play with designing your own cover? Was the cover you made similar to what they came up with? for your book? No, I I didn't try to make my own cover. Um, But it was interesting because they they asked for your input and I even made this whole Pinterest board of like, here's some covers that I think are cool. And Mm -hmm. um, then they ask you questions like, what is the tone of your book? And what are some of the, like, what are some interesting themes? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Themes, yeah, themes, mood, or just like different things we could incorporate in the cover. So I guess they ask for your input, but don't let the author design it themselves. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably from the best. I've done a couple of my own covers, and one of them everyone always says is amazing, which is great. But usually it's so much better when I have an actual cover designer. I think we're too close to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And cover designers are better at, you know, checking out the market and the books in your genre and what they look like and coming up with something that's similar but different, you know? Yeah, and I think that is a hard thing because it needs to match the genre so that people can recognize, like, this is the type of book it is. But then again, it has right. to stand out, too. <laughs> so mm-hmm. kind of yeah. Balance. It is very, very, definitely very tricky. <laughs> so I wanted to ask, because it's January, did you make any resolutions for 2023? I mean, you kicked off day one with a new book. Where do you go from there? <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to I want to sell an, another book proposal, get something, you know, like so that I can work on something else. And I have a lot of mobility goals. Like I want to be able to do a freestanding handstand for at least 10 seconds. I'm, wow. I've been trying to train hands 
handstands for a long time, but I can't get a freestanding one really. And then I want to do the split, middle splits and front splits, both legs. So <laughs> I have a lot of goals surrounding that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's really that's really cool the handstand and I know that the split thing is possible because when the pandemic hit I got uh what was the name of that app mm-hmm. it'll come back to me when I don't need it but there was some kind of fitness app that was free that everyone was getting on their phone and one of the workouts was do the splits and you know what but it took a couple months but i did it every day and i could do the splits i'm like what so it is definitely possible for you to get those splits <laughs> oh wow i'm impressed because it's like i think i was starting at a very low level of flexibility because i i also started and this was years ago now like with a oh anyone can do the splits in like a month but then a month later i was nowhere near this point. No. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Maybe you're just stiff. Maybe it will take you two months. <laughs> no, I mean, that was like in 2019. I can actually do the split now, but I feel like it just happened. Oh, you already completed that, so you can do the splits. Yeah, but not very, you know, I can't like just drop into a split. Maybe that's the next goal. Oh, I couldn't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> Even after doing split class, there was no dropping. <laughs> There's lots of grunting and scooting. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to demonstrate this skill once I master it, though, because you know you can't show up TikTok. at a party. Drop That's what into TikTok a is made for. Oh yeah, That's a good idea. You could be a TikTok sensation. Just wear a shirt with your book cover on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be some new book marketing splits. <laughs> yeah. So in uh, no one knows us here. I know that you plotted out, but were there any big surprises for you when you wrote the book where you were like, wait, what are you guys doing? What just happened? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so, because it's like a lot of the most very surprising moments were things that I had kind of come up with ahead of time and sort of were the the different moments I was building up to create, you know, like the kind of plot points that I was following along as I wrote. Okay, so you didn't have a character show up and you're like, hey, who are you? <laughs> no. Not that I can think of, nothing like that. Well, I wanted to also ask you about the, is the Broken Homes and Gardens still available? Is it still out there for people to grab a copy? Yeah, it should be. I think so, yeah. Because that one sounded really fun, and they compared it to When Harry Met Sally um, for people who like you know, romance and women's fiction who are listening. Um, you want to tell them a little bit about that one? Um, yeah. So that one got published in 2015. doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was. And it was kind of about um, two friends 
Malcolm and Joanna, and they're sort of um, attracted to each other, but then they're, it's never quite right for them to actually get together, and then they enter into sort of a friends with benefits situation. This is an example of one of my sort of plotless books, because it's basically just about <laughs> them and their relationship, and on again, off again, and then he ends up moving in to her broken down house and helps her kind of um, fix it up. <laughs> oh, and then do they fix up their hearts and fall in love? Uh, maybe. Don't want to spoil anything. Maybe. Okay, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds really fun. So anyone who's listening, go check out that book too. <laughs> so before we run out of time, when they read all of your books and they're excited, are you on social media? How can readers get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. And I think I, yeah, I do have an author page on Facebook. They should be under R. Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, right? And then in Twitter, too, although I'm kind of bad at checking Twitter. Okay. Well, everybody, go check out Rebecca Kelly's books and get connected with her on uh, social media because there's going to be another thriller after this one. You guys all heard it here. Um, so thanks so much for being here, Rebecca. It was great meeting you. Yeah, it was great meeting you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good luck with your book. And I hope that by the end of the year you have that handstand and the splits, and I want to see you be a TikTok sensation. <laughs> okay. That's my new goal, I guess. <laughs> right, right. You gave up Duolingo, so you have time now for TikTok. <laughs> right, I need to fill those hours with something. <laughs> well, take care, and thanks so much for being on today. It was great chatting with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.